welcome to Tech Law Talks. I am Anthony Diana, a member of Reed Smith's Tech and Data Group. In each episode of this podcast, we will discuss cutting edge issues on technology, data, and the law. We will provide practical observations on a wide variety of technology and data topics to give you quick and actionable tips to address the issues you are dealing with every day. Thank you for listening to this new podcast series, which will focus on the upcoming new patent system in Europe. My name is Marianne Schaffner. I'm leading the IP practice in Europe. I'm presenting this podcast series with Thierry Lottier. He is a European patent attorney and a lawyer. We are both partners at Reed Smith in Paris. Our practice focuses on all aspects of patents, prosecution, transactions, litigation. We have litigated many times patents in different jurisdictions in Europe and in the US. In this podcast series, we want to give you a glimpse of the upcoming changes in the European patent system, both in terms of patent prosecution with the unitary patent and in terms of patent litigation with the Unified Patent Courts or UPC. This is our third and last podcast of this series. In our first podcast, we discussed what you need to know about the unitary patent and the UPC. In our second podcast, we discussed what you need to do if you have European patents. And now, in our third podcast, we will discuss what you need to do if your competitors have European patents. Again, this series is only intended to give you a glimpse. We will present the nuts and bolts of proceedings before the Unified Patent Court in another podcast series, which will be released soon. Previously, we've seen that the Unified Patent Court can be a great battlefield to enforce your patents if you get prepared, and namely by adapting your IP agreements, by deciding to seek a unitary effect or not, and by opting out or not your patents. With the UPC, provisional and permanent injunctions and damages covering the UPC zone, up to 24 countries, can be awarded. These awards are available when enforcing your patents. So will they be to your competitors? This podcast focuses on the actions to be considered to mitigate risk of injunction and damages in the UPC zone. A classic situation may be the following. You are manufacturing and selling a product in Europe. Your competitor owns a classic European patent, so not a unitary patent, which you think may cover your product. The patent of your competitor was granted recently and validated in many countries, including the ones where you are manufacturing and selling your product. Your competitor is not requesting the opting out of the UPC for this patent yet, and your competitor has never enforced this patent yet. But your business may very well be jeopardized if your competitor enforces this patent against you before the UPC. So the questions are, should you wait and see, which means you let your competitor develop its enforcement strategy, in other words, you let him decide where to sue, or should you take the win out of the sales and preempt your competitor's strategy with very specific actions. We will see that you can take several actions to mitigate the risks of injunction and damages in the UPC zone. Before making any decision, the very first thing to do is to check whether the patent of your competitor falls within the exclusive jurisdiction of the UPC. 
So in our example, this is a classic urban patent. No unitary effect. It has never been enforced either before a national court of a country of the UPC zone or before the UPC, and it has recently been granted. Therefore, our options remain open. That is to say, an action for infringement, a declaration of non-infringement, or an action for revocation of the patent can be filed before a national court being territory competent or before the EPC, as well as possibly an opposition before the European Patent Office. Let's assume that you decide to file an action for revocation of the patent of your competitor before the national court of one country of the UPC zone, and preferably in a small market for your product under threat. By filing an action before a national court, the European patent of your competitor will be locked out of the UPC system. In other words, your competitor can no longer bring an action against you before the UPC. The only option for the competitor is to enforce its European patent at national level and maybe to find several parallel national actions with the so well-known risk of irreconcilable decisions and multiplication of legal expenditures. Your competitor is deprived from the possibility to obtain injunctions and damages with an effect in the entire UPC zone. You see that taking the lead can really impose the strategy to your competitor. This is a solution to mitigate the risk of injunction and damages in the UPC zone. Obviously, it will not mitigate risk of injunction locally, but we'll not cover this here as this is a question of application of national laws. To mitigate risk of injunction, the second action is to check whether opposition against the patent can still be filed before the European Patent Office. An opposition is not always available because it must be filed within nine months from the grant of the patent. For oppositions, there may be three cases. The first case, if the nine-month period is over and no opposition has been filed, it is only possible to challenge the validity of the patent before the UPC or before national courts, but not before the European Patent Office. Second case, if the nine-month period is over and a third party filed an opposition, then you will be entitled to join the opposition, but only as an alleged infringer, so only if the patent has been enforced against you. And third case, if the nine months period is still open, you may contemplate filing an opposition to get the benefits of a broad decision, but at least you will have choice. And it is important because the opposition is a powerful tool in order to seek the revocation of a patent with only one proceedings. And the decision will have not only effect in the up to 24 countries of the UPC zone, but actually in the 38 countries of the European Patent Convention, including the UK. So it's actually even broader. With the UPC coming, we think it will be even more instrumental to place your competitors' patents on watch and be ready to file oppositions when they are granted 
in order to mitigate the risks of actions before the UPC. In addition to the risk of permanent injunction, there is also a risk of preliminary injunction in the UPC zone, which can be granted by the UPC either on inter-parties basis or on ex-party basis, that is to say, without being heard and being in a position to file arguments. At this stage, it's difficult to predict which threshold the UPC will impose for the grant of preliminary injunctions. For sure, I don't have a crystal ball, but we can already strongly advise to file protective letters as soon as a threat is identified. Protective briefs are filed with registers and not disclosed to the public, including the patentee, that is to say your competitor. A protective letter is a statement of reasons why an application for provisional measure should be rejected, and namely because the patent is weak and or not infringed. Protective letters provide potential defendants with a chance of defense in cases where provisional measures are pursued ex parte. As you know, protective letters can be filed in Europe before some national courts, such as Germany and the Netherlands and they will be available before the UPC. Indeed, before the UPC, a protective letter will remain in place for six months subject to the payment of a court fee, and its removal after the six-month period can be prevented by paying an extra court fee. This is again another reason to get prepared from day one and take the lead when your product is under threat, you can decide for your competitor where the action is going to be filed. To finish on the action you should contemplate to mitigate risks with regard to the UPC, we can also mention the three following actions. First action, you should place the patents of your competitors on watch. Obviously not all of the patents, but at least the most relevant patents. Failing to do that, you will not be able to preempt your competitor's enforcement strategy in due course, and you will only passively wait and see. Second action, you should prepare your defense as early as possible, both on infringement and on validity. This is because we have seen in our second podcast that the UPC intends to be a super fast court with decision within one year. And the UPC also intends to force the defendant to have a front-loaded defense, as it may disregard all facts, evidence, or arguments which will be filed at a later stage. Third action, you should get prepared to possible seizures. This is what we commonly name in France, saisie contrefaçon. The reason is that there will be no discovery before the UPC, so the plaintiffs are expected to submit all the evidence and therefore, seizures may be often performed before starting a case before the UPC in order to collect evidence. In a nutshell, you should get prepared and perform upstream work. Not all the actions we have discussed today have to be taken for all the European patents of your competitors. Simply because it is impossible. It would put a too heavy burden on the shoulders of industry. However, it is important to watch the patents of your competitors, which could cover your most important products, and which could be then enforced against you. As we've seen, 
you can decide for your competitors where they will assert their patents. With the UPC, before the launch of any product, stringent freedom to operate must be performed. This is the end of our podcast series on the unitary patent and the UPC, the purpose of which was to alert you on what is important to know and to highlight immediate actions to take. We look forward to discussing this with you. We will release soon another podcast series to explain in more detail the UPC rules of proceedings, such as where to sue, how to sue, how to collect evidence, what kind of awards and remedies you can obtain before the UPC. In the meantime, do not hesitate to contact us if you have any question. Thank you for listening. Tech Law Talks is a Reed Smith production. Our producer is Ali McArdle. For more information about Reed Smith's tech and data practice, please email techlawtalks at reedsmith.com. You can find our podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and reedsmith.com, and our social media accounts at Reedsmith LLP on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. This podcast is provided for educational purposes. It does not constitute legal advice and is not intended to establish an attorney-client relationship, nor is it intended to suggest or establish standards of care applicable to particular lawyers in any given situation. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome. Any views, opinions, or comments made by any external guest speaker are not to be attributed to Reed Smith LLP or its individual lawyers. All rights reserved.